Welcome to the Defiant Spirit, a podcast about discovering meaning, purpose, and resilience in the most challenging, difficult, and darkest moments of our lives through what my teacher and mentor, Dr. Viktor Frankl, called the defiant power of the human spirit, that spirit that is within you, that spirit that is calling to you, that spirit that is you. I'm Dr. Baruch Halevi, and this is the Defiant Spirit, and now, on to our podcast. Welcome back to the Defiant Spirit and the Defy Your Number Enneagram System. I'm Baruch Halevi, also known as B, creator of the Defiant Spirit and the Defy Your Number Enneagram System. I am delighted and privileged that you take the time to check in with my podcast or the video, however you're getting it. Thank you for getting it. You can always jump over to defiantspirit.org to get more on all things Victor Frankel, Man Search for Meaning, I'm a logotherapist. He's the father of logotherapy, and logos means meaning. So it's living your life with meaning at the center of your life. And then um, bringing that together with the Enneagram, my other passion, and that's really how to live it out in your life. Right now I'm doing a series, if you just jumped in for the first time, on the Enneagram at the movies, bringing to, to life this ancient personality typing system through the lens of the big screen or also television characters. So you can listen to the previous podcasts on Enneagrams one through four. This one, of course, on Enneagram five, the investigator, and we'll just continue on with this journey. The reason why I do this is because A, it's fun. Who doesn't like to watch movies and television shows? And B, when you're watching them, it just gives me a whole new way to think about the, the TV show or the movies, but also the Enneagram. Brings to, to life the Enneagram in ways that you know words just can't. So Enneagram 5, as I mentioned last week in the 4, 4 and 5 are at the bottom of the Enneagram because they're the deep types. 4 is deep emotion and 5 is deep intellect. They're the hardest to understand. They're the hardest to really kind of wrap your head around. Um, They're complex, especially the 5, because the 5 is the genius, if you will, of the Enneagram. They're, They're just brilliant people. They naturally go to their brain to navigate the world in a way that non-fives just can't understand. I mean, think Einstein, think Stephen Hawking, think basically every great scientist or creator has a lot of five in them or probably were a five. So fours are hard to understand because they're just so emotionally complex. Fives are easy to understand. I just don't understand what the hell they're talking about. Uh, I can't keep pace with them. But they're one of the easiest types for me to recognize. I was just talking to a friend, Scott, who uses the Enneagram now in his life. And he says one of the ways he does it is by um, by figuring out what a person is not. And that's a sort of process of, um, you know, of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not reduction, but um, elimination, process of elimination to figure out who a person is or isn't. And I have to do that with like sixes and threes and, and other types, but not with five. Fives, I can tell within 30 seconds if they're a five. Why? Because they're cerebral. It's like you can feel their processing is always happening. Um, oftentimes the words they use might be just sort of a cut above a non-five. 
Certainly it's a slower processing speed, so it's more thorough, methodical, but much slower. They tend not to talk fast. They tend not to move fast. They tend not to make decisions fast. They tend to be very conservative with the small c, conserving their words, conserving their energy, their resources, and putting it all to work in one area of their brain. Again, reactive. Responsive, they can learn to look like so many other numbers, but you know, we're talking about caricatures and extremes so that we can really understand some of the important or quintessential aspects of, in this case, a five. And I just see it says name that three above. It should say name that five. Mistake. Okay, name that five. Um, here's a good one to start with. Spock. Mr. Spock. Dr. Spock. Dr. Spock. Um, Spock is the quintessential five devoid of emotion. I mean, if you watch Star Trek, you watch um, Spock, there's like this piece and every time he's, you know, engaging with people, you can feel it's like there's this withholding of emotion with withholding of, of resources. There's a conservative nature to a Spock. And it's just true with fives. They're always conserving. They feel like they're running out of resources. Sometimes they're accused of being stingy or cheap. They might be. I had an uncle who was a five and he was known, he was, he was really wealthy, but he was known to um, withhold his resources because, and you could feel it. I can feel it now in retrospect because he felt like he was always running out. It was depleting to him. And so, um, I do think that there's a, a miserly component to being a five, not because they're cheap per se, but because they're they're constantly guarding against that. They feel drained by the world around them. They're, they're worried about they're worried about you know the environment or whatever not having enough. So they're very thoughtful and conservationist in approach. Um, who else do we have in here as a five? That's just kind of like a wow. That's a five. So I don't want this to come out the wrong way, but I think that most psychopaths, are, no, not psychopaths, sociopaths are probably fives. There's this disconnect. Again, not all fives are sociopaths, um, but I imagine a disproportionate amount of sociopaths are fives because there's a disconnect, almost a, a missing empathy gene. And, you know, that's a, that's an extreme. Like if you look at like Dexter or... Is it Maurice? No, I don't. I can't remember the Silence of the Lambs, but you see him up there. Um, there's this kind of disconnect with Dexter. Anyways, I watched all of Dexter. I loved Dexter, and he was always trying to fake emotion so he could fit in because he just didn't have access to it. Again, reactive, extreme five. Most fives I know, especially sexual fives. That's a subtype of a five and they, they don't even look like fives. A good friend of mine is a sexual five and he looks more four-ish. But um, this, the stereotypical five, just you can feel the lack of feeling. And even when they talk about emotions, I've worked with some fives who talk about their feelings about being happy or feel they, t they think about what it means to be happy versus feeling happy. And you just hear it in their language, even the way they talk about it. It comes through very five-ish. Um, next to Dexter, if you didn't see this TV show, you might not have. It wasn't really popular. Prison Break. Um, but Michael Schofield, I loved Prison Break. I loved the way this guy thought in the movie, in the TV show. He was um, 
imprisoned and trying the entire series is about him escaping prison and just methodically doing that i think andy dufresne from shawshank redemption was either a one or a five one has the same level of kind of conservative nature more modest the one the reformer has a sort of a cerebral vibe or feel they have more access to their emotion but they're they're also diligent like fives very you know focused so sometimes one and five to me are hard to distinguish at first until you get to you know know them and understand them and then it starts to um, become apparent that they're very different but sometimes i have a hard time placing them so i think um back to shawshank redemption i think he was a one but i could see the case for being made for he was a five fives are able to think five steps down the road and anticipate. You know, great chess players probably are fives. I imagine um, Gary Kasparov and what was the kid's name, Bobby Fischer, probably fives for that reason. I'm looking at Jonah Hill's character um, from the Oakland A's there, Moneyball. I don't remember his name in the movie, but um, Moneyball, wow, what a great movie, a great book. I read the book and um, it's all about, true story, about how Moneyball changed the nature of the game i don't know that much about baseball i don't follow it that much but i don't know if it's still true but really just rethinking the emotional decisions and managing a baseball team to a more of a allocating resources more rationally making decisions based off of numbers statistics or bringing that into the equation is very five-ish in nature so fives can be dispassionate. You look at um, the stock market and some of the most famous investors ever are fives. I'm thinking of specifically Warren Buffett. I come from Omaha. So Warren Buffett, um, the Oracle of Omaha was always sort of part of my radar. And I saw Warren Buffett. I knew where he lived. I saw his house and lived not that far from it. Modest house, modest car, modest guy. There's a modesty. He, You know, you couldn't tell he was the world's richest or one of the world's richest men by the way he lived because money for him was just a resource it was a commodity he traded in it he didn't need it he didn't it wasn't emotional and that's one of the reasons why he is who he is because you know he's he didn't get emotionally moved by the stock market other people are making decisions based on emotion if he didn't understand it he wouldn't invest in it to the point where he missed some opportunities but obviously he did pretty well for himself and partially his his reasoning for that was he didn't buy something if he if it didn't make sense so fives really need to understand the world and once they understand it they can dissect it and pick it apart and um and move forward with clarity in ways that we can't if we're getting caught up in our emotions I'm looking up at the um, left-hand side. I love that kid from Jerry Maguire. I can't remember much about him, but he felt very five-ish. You know, Jerry, the human head weighs five pounds, and bees and dogs can smell fear. He just spout off these facts that were almost disjointed, and he's just like walking around in the movie, talking to himself, almost smarter than Jerry. And there's, but it was lovable. So fives, you know, sometimes get a bad rap. I even did it, calling them sociopaths. They can be warm and charming, and um, but almost in this um, detached or nutty professor kind of way. Think of like Doc Brown in the right-hand corner, the bottom. Doc Brown, just a lovable, crazy professor in Back to the Future. 
brilliant beyond brilliant and yet a little disconnected from reality. I think Albert Einstein had that quality, you know, the pictures of him with no socks or mismatched socks, right? Because he didn't live in the real world in some ways. He lived in his head. I watched the, um, it was a documentary on Warren Buffett and he and his wife grew apart. Well, actually he didn't grow apart. She grew apart from him because he just didn't respond and fulfill her emotional needs. She loved him. They were always friends, but you know, they were separated, estranged, but friends. And, um, but one day she said, Warren, I'm leaving. And he missed like all the signs that she was leaving. Like she wasn't just going out for the day. She was leaving the marriage and he basically responded like he always did like okay dear he wasn't listening like he wasn't there because he was in his head and thinking and solving all kinds of problems and they can become detached from reality there's a distance in them and in that so enneagrams again fives are pretty easy to to tell to feel when you're around them um and certainly one of the types that we don't appreciate enough, appreciate the way they methodically march through the world. Sherlock Holmes I'm looking at right there, solving problems that we need solved in a, in a very um, reassuring way. They can bring us a lot of reassurance. Back to Warren Buffett, the Oracle of Omaha, you know, he's the place, person we go to when we want assurance that the market's going to be okay, that, you know, you know we're going to find our way and he'll be the first to tell you the markets go in one direction up 45 degree angle over time but you got to zoom out you got to get past your emotion and really see the big picture and fives have an incredible ability to do that so with that i encourage you to jump in to name that five to take this slide with you um into your life into these movies into your um you know your your family and watch TV shows with them and explore the Enneagram and discover not only these characters, but each and every one of them in each and every one of us. Until then, discover your number so you can defy your number and live your spirit. I'll see you in the next video. Thank you for listening to the Defiant Spirit podcast with me, your host, Dr. Baruch Halevi. The Defiant Spirit is an offering of Soul Center to Center for Spirituality, Meaning, and Healing. And if you'd like to learn more about the Defiant Spirit or Soul Center, get more inspirational content, access to a variety of online programs, or see how we might work together to discover deeper meaning in your life, greater purpose for your life, or live the Defiant Spirit power within your life, visit defiantspirit.org. Until then, keep living your fine spirit.